Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. All right. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have a very special no, yeah. test. We know something special. Mm-hmm. We'll so slow. clearly I'm sick. I have no voice. And so my husband, Herman, is here. He's going to be the voice. Because I gave her this sickness. I've been yes. sick for two weeks, and she got it yesterday from me. So his punishment is that he has to um, be here and talk to you guys tonight. Um before we get started, check out the link either above or below. We are <coughs> celebrating Giving Tuesday. So you're going to want to check out the link. There's a ton of free stuff there. There's a free canter PDF, a free rider position, a free mindset thing, our podcast. So check out the link, share it with your friends. We're not doing Black Friday. Instead, we're just giving away free stuff. Um have you gotten any Black Friday emails yet? Like what? people trying to sell you stuff? Uh, if I open my emails, maybe I would know. I don't. <laughs> and then part of my computer, I don't know, um, sends ads somewhere else. So unless I have them email as somebody, so no, no, I don't really get them. Yeah, but Black Friday sales have already started. I can't believe that next Wednesday or next Thursday is Thanksgiving already. Yeah, I yeah. know. I can't believe summer ended a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyways, we've both been sick. He had the cough. Now I have no voice because I spent like two hours last night with strides going over videos, which was really fun. But now I can't talk. So you're going to be talking. What are we talking about tonight? Oh, well, we were looking at Pokey and um he may not have the ideal confirmation for dressage horse, <laughs> just in case you were. We were playing with Pokey because we were, somebody had asked about shoulder in and uh, and shoulder four. That was one of the questions. And then we were going to try and show leg yield when he crosses the inside hind over the outside and then the inside over the front. But then that's kind of crooked on him. It doesn't really <laughs> work well. We're going to have to get a different visual aid. Okay, so explain why Pokey's confirmation is bad for dressage. <clears throat> He may be just just a little too flat in the back, and then the neck pops straight up. (laughs) What do you want in a dressage horse confirmation? You would like the withers to be the highest point, but then there should be a a roundness back here, and uh, maybe not so long. What do you think of the confirmation of my unicorn? That would be a little more appropriate. Why? Well, it has a better rounded croup. Yeah. And it's got a better uh, saddle fit there. See how flat that thing is? There's no place for a saddle to be there. Yeah. So when you're looking for a dressage horse, they should have like an upward arc to their top line. They should have a nice round butt. Their wither should come up. 
and you don't want you want their neck to arc upwards you don't want them to have like a u-neck you don't right, want them to be inverted like this one where it bulges out of the bottom and then comes up yeah you want the opposite of pokey <clears throat> okay <clears throat> we're going to get started with tonight's questions what are some techniques in the saddle and or groundwork to teach a forward horse to halt and stand still? So when you say a forward horse, I'm assuming that it's a little hot. And um, and as Amelia has been helping me with my horse recently, leg yield him into that because <laughs> I will stop and the horse will plant his front feet and then I get all the shimmy stuff because I don't have access to the ribcage. Amelia's over there going, leg yield into that halt. And so my horse is actually straight when I halt. I mean, I leg yield over into the halt, but he's still straight. All right. As I get that, then he can rotate his pelvis and get his inside, inside hind leg under there. And then he carries his weight better. My legs are on the whole time. I do that. And maybe you don't even see the leg yield as it gets better. But right now I'm leg yielding into that halt so that the horse dimples there in the ribs and I can keep my legs on, and then the hind legs can come forward under without the horse being so straight that it launches onto the front legs. Yeah, but if you have a horse that's like really tense and anxious and they don't want to stand still, you want to kind of, sometimes the more you try to force them to stand still, the more anxious they'll be. Oh, so yeah, maybe not too much in the collected zone, right? Maybe just on the bit, right? The reins a little longer. Um, don't really try and compress them. Just let them be a little, little pokey, like a little long in the frame when they halt and just keep practicing halting and not putting on a lot of pressure yeah. while you're halting. And I mean, also like let them go forward and like work them for a while and let their energy out and then try like one halt. And if they stand for two seconds, go forward again because the halt is definitely something the more that you just like make them stand still the more they're going to want to keep going forward you can create some anxiety for them yeah so so there's that okay next question is from Lorena what is the best way to get your horse back working after a month break uh the best way well okay so you're gonna have there's two of us here so there'll be two opinions <laughs> on the best way um but after a month like i'll do the first week kind of kind of in a two-point little yahoo buckaroo just kind of free and easy really getting them moving and then slowly start putting them back together yeah it, dep it depends on the horse but i think if it's like um Depending on the horse, if it's a young horse or a horse that you're not that sure of, I recommend doing some groundwork um, to kind of just like get them on the aids before you get on them. Um, and also lots of walking. If your horse isn't fit, walking is a really good way to get their fitness up. And it depends, like if your horse has been turned out in the pasture for a month and they're moving around. That's one thing. That's... Yeah, stall rest is a whole other thing. Yeah. And horses lose their fitness in about two weeks. So, you, yeah, you don't want to overwork them. Okay, next question is from Debbie. Can you explain half steps? It's pretty much exactly what that says. It's half of a step. So you look at your horse and you see that when he's tracking up, that that's the length of his stride. So... But it's only in trot, right? Yeah. 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 
So it's half of a trot step. It's half of a trot step. And you, we use that to start to get the horse more familiar because that's what you're going to use towards Piaf so that the horse starts to heat. You can keep the forward in it as you bring more collection into it. And so you don't go right to the Piaf because they tend to stop when you do that. So you do the half steps and it's, it's going to be a higher step, not traveling as far forward. <coughs> oh, we're a good pair. Yeah, we're great tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I think everyone's really glad that they're like virtually <coughs> watching us and not actually in the room with us. So that half step, it keeps the horse going forward, but also it starts to show it how to take a higher step. Yeah. So more collection, a higher step, and you don't run the risk of having the horse stop. Yeah. But half steps are basically like pee off just more forward. Yeah. And so when you're training the Piaf, even though technically the Piaf should be on the spot in the Grand Prix, like in a show, the Piaf should be on the spot. But when you school the Piaf, you want to be able to take it forward and bring it back and forward and bring it back so that you have that adjustability and so that you can make your transition from Piaf to Passage. Because... <coughs> Like to do a good transition, you basically go pee off, half steps, then passage. And that's how you get that smooth transition. But half steps are basically just small trot steps that you use to work towards the pee off. And I think it's good terminology because like when you hear the word pee off, you think, oh my gosh, it's so hard and so complicated. But if you think of it as just half of a trot step, then um and then you can do a quarter of a trot step and then you try <laughs> trotting on the spot so yeah um and then teresa leg yield to the right and ask for the canner on a circle what's her question not everyone can see it. oh she says i'm having problems on canter to the left any tips so i'm assuming that to the right it's probably okay and so my guess is that the leg yield as you were talking about yesterday so Teresa, leg yield to the right, then at the end of your leg yield, wherever that is, and it's not about getting to B or E, but leg yield over, when you feel the leg yield, turn that into a 20 meter circle and ask for the canner to part when you make the turn. So the horse is moving outwards to the right, then you take it forward and ask for the canner. Why is the leg yield a good setup for the canter? Because it brings the inside hind leg underneath the center of gravity. Yes. And you also got the horse with, with the turn, then you turn in the horse into the direction that you want the lead, the inside hind legs there to take the weight and like magic. Okay, we have another question from the Dutch horse lover. Would love any advice on a horse who rushes off and gets strong and fast after a flying change? Circles. Circles. And you have to be very soft and following with the rain. Um, that generally happens when after the, the horse knows the change is coming and he also knows that the hands are going to come right after the change. So there's some anxiety. So you want to make that change, really think following with the hands and make a circle so that you get rid of the anxiety on the landing side. Yeah. And pretty much any time your horse gets strong, is a good idea to do a circle or shoulder in because pulling back on two reins doesn't ever work. It just creates more tension. 
Yeah, you can't. If you pull, they pull. It's just it's human instinct. It's horse instinct. We can overcome our instinct through training and the horse too. But if you pull, they pull. There's just no way around that. Yes. Okay, here's another one um, from Lori. What to do when my horse doesn't want to accept the contact and just halts and won't go forward? All right, well, the first thing is you need to soften that rein. You, you want to think more about the forward than the contact. Okay, so if the reins have to be really just feather light, the horse has to go, the horse has to go. Um, and then if it just halts, turn on the forehand, then back to groundwork, turn on the forehand, it would be a good way because they, they stop and they get all locked up in their ribs too. So a turn on the forehand, you get that moving, get the inside hind leg going. But think more about the forward and not the contact. Yes. Okay, good. Um, let's see. Another question is from Patricia. You kind of started talking about this, but could you explain the difference between shoulder in and shoulder four? The aids for both and the uses and benefits. I'm not sure I'm doing either well or correctly. All right, here's Pokey. So here's Pokey, who has no bend. So here we go. We're going straight down. And so then shoulder four, it'd be more like leg yield down the line. Okay. So let's say you start at the center line and you leg yield. Your horse is parallel to the rail. So if you do shoulder four, you're going down the long side and then you're just. But it's not that much angle. Shoulder no, four is like. Angle. Right. There's okay. So your horse's hind in is wider than their shoulders, right? <coughs> like the hips are wider than the shoulders. So like if you're looking from above, like Pokey's hind legs are bigger than the, than his front legs. Well, he's really pretty straight. Well, so, yeah, I, I okay. Mean, it's hard to show it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So, but you get the point. Anyway. Well, maybe my unicorn is better. No. No, it's, it's too white. So <laughs> as far as the feet go, your shoulder four is going to look like that. And that but your shoulder four is mostly about squashing that inside hind leg under between the two front legs. Yeah. So that if you're looking from the front, that you don't see the inside hind leg to the inside. In shoulder four, you've got to squash that inside hind leg. It'll be between, between the, two, the two, two front legs. And then in shoulder in, this is still on the track parallel, and the bend is at your inside leg. And then the shoulder comes around with bend. I don't know if Pokey's helping. Yeah. So Pokey, like, okay. So in shoulder four, you don't really need to bend your horse from their pole to their tail, but in shoulder in, there will be, there will be bend. Except that the haunches will still be on the track straight. The bend is in front of the side. Yeah. So the haunches stay on the rail, but the horse bends around the inside leg. So shoulder four is like a milder form of shoulder in shoulder in is more obvious and it's got a bend where the the shoulder four won't so if you think about shoulder four just like displacing the shoulder and then pushing down the wall at a slight angle kind of like leg yield down the wall and then in shoulder in you have collection and then there's a bend the haunches will still be on the track and the bend is at the saddle inward yeah. So if you're doing shoulder four, think no bend, shoulder in, bend. 
But both of those exercises are about engaging the inside hind, the inside hind leg, which is super important. Someone um, asked this week in Amelia's dressage club, they were like, what does the inside hind leg to outside brain connection feel like? Like, is there actually a feeling when you get your horse from inside leg to outside rein? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you can. You can feel the outside. You can feel that hind leg in your hand. You can feel that energy come through to it. What does that feel like? Um, just, just this kind of elasticy weight thing. In your outside rein, or where? Yeah, it, it's coming through. It's come through my hips, and then I feel it in my right. In my well, if I'm going left, I feel that in my right hand. I can feel the lift come into my hand. Yeah, I mean, I think when you have that inside leg to outside rein connection that's when you feel the withers come up. Like when you say lift, it's because when the horse lowers the inside hind, inside hip, they lift through their back, their thoracic sling, and they lift up the withers and the shoulder. And then you feel like a steadiness in your outside rein. Yeah. It shouldn't be like a stiffness. It should just be more elevation. Like someone says, um, that the horse feels light. Let us know if you're watching here what you think inside leg to outside rein feels like. I think your horse also feels more maneuverable. Right. And so is it, it feels light. Yeah, you can feel the steps just coming off the ground. There's just this buoyancy to it. And they lift you to the next step and they lift you to the next step. And and because of the bend, you'll feel it more in that outside rein. If when you change the bend, then you feel that coming up into that outside rein. Well, yeah, the, uh, lifted in the withers. Yeah, lifted I think... through the withers, light. Yeah, those are the feelings. There's Yay, also gonna... there's also like a mental component to it. Oh, there's a relaxation that happens too, where the breath, the horse trainers goes. But they also focus because they're no longer looking outside of the arena. Right, they're way better on the edge. So, yeah, someone says it feels like a balloon under me. Yeah, I can see that kind of boing, boing, boing. Look, um, someone says not like a sail stuttering in the wind. Oh, another sailor. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I guess it feels like when your sails fill up. With right. Wind, and the boat and you can feel the boat lift up off the water. Okay. That is, I hadn't thought about that one, but yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's Powerful a good question. Powerful in a good way, yeah. Okay, here's a good question from Carrie. With the aids, such as going to the left, what's the difference when asking for the left lead canter versus haunches in? Yes, very good, because I guess you too have noticed that they're very similar, and sometimes you get one when you didn't, yeah. <clears throat> it's more about, for me anyway, it's where I'm sitting and how I'm sitting, right? So when I'm doing the haunches in, and I'm in the trot and I want to stay in the trot, my hips make, I should make sure that my hips are making trot motion. See me, if you see my hand, I'm going up and down because the canter is more of a scooping feel. And so the horse has to be able to figure out, okay, he's doing the trotty thing with his butt, but that leg is back. So I need to keep trotting and move my haunches in. If I move my leg back and then scoop, then my horse is going to canter. Yeah, so I think I think that that's a good point. I also think if you're doing like a trot to canter transition, your aid is kind of like 
distinct and a little bit abrupt because you're interrupting the rhythm and you're going to a different gate. So you're going like trot, 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 canter. If you're going from trot to haunches in, it's kind of more blending because you're not changing the gate or the, the rhythm or the tempo. You're just changing the positioning of your horse. But those two aids are very similar and it's something that you have to feel out and kind of feel what your horse is doing. And if they start to canter, you know, make a little half halt quickly and, and take them a little rounder and say, just stay in the trot. Are we looking at? Muriel says, Amelia, go to bed. <laughs> soon, soon. We're all going to bed soon. I don't feel, I don't feel, <laughs> I do not feel as bad as I sound. So that's the good news. Um, okay. The other thing that, if you have another question, you can answer. Oh, no. I was just reading about the paint horse, which doesn't feel the buoyancy, but certainly more maneuverable. Yeah. I mean, that's, we get a little spoiled riding the horse with, with the big bouncy gaze, that's for sure. Oh, here's a question. When I show, my very quiet horse at home gets very wound up and distracted by everything around us. How can I help them to relax and focus on our ride? Uh, what I do in the show arena is in the warm-up, I make a small circle, a 20-meter circle, a 30-meter circle. I make the world small, get them focused on or get the horse focused on that shape. And then I start adding some straight lines. So then I go, you know, 10 meters with the 20 meter half circle at the end, 15 meters with the 20 meter half circle at the end, and slowly, slowly start making those boundaries bigger. But I just start small. Yes. Okay. Oh, and I also, I see this happen a lot. In a warm up, go behind the other horses. <laughs> Don't go in front of other horses. You know, um, don't worry too much left shoulder to left shoulder. Yeah, just keep your <laughs> horse out of harm's way. You know, go behind the other horses. Give yourself a lot of room. Um, don't stress your horse out unnecessarily. I see that happen a lot. So just a thought. Yeah, so like if you're coming here and like a, a, you're going towards another horse, you're always better off to go behind the other horse than to try to like turn and go in front of it. And when you're riding with traffic at a show, it's really important that you are like flexible about where you're going and that you try to ride towards the open space in the arena. Like, like don't ride where everyone else is riding, go to the other end of the arena where there's not so much traffic. I think that is really important. Um, okay. So I think that I have no voice left, but Next week is Thanksgiving. So if you're here, let us know in the comments what you are grateful for. What are you grateful for? Uh, my life in general. I get I got you, I got horses, and I got I got nothing to complain about. Yeah. It's definitely we're all so lucky to have horses and to be healthy and to have the life and to be able to share it with other people that love horses. Um, are we gonna do Facebook Live? on thursday uh we've got dinner at alex's at three so oh, maybe we could take we could take the notebook with us or something yeah we could do it. but maybe maybe not anyways i hope that you guys have a wonderful thanksgiving and also be sure to check out the link either above or below for giving tuesday 
and please share it with your friends. It would really help me out if you can tag your friends here in the comments and share that link so they can get some free help with their horses. I encourage you guys to go check out that page and download some of our free content. We have a lot of helpful tools to help you guys with your rides. So thank you everyone. Have a good evening. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.